Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, misclick there. Good afternoon. Hi, I'm here. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome into a special edition of Hoopsville. I'm your host, Dave McHugh, a postponed show from Sunday afternoon. We apologize to everybody who was uh, expecting us to be on the air Sunday. Uh, <laughs> let's just say a long week or set of weeks coupled with a cold that has clearly been going around the family and the area uh, got the best of me. Anyway, <clears throat> we, uh, <laughs> we are back on a Tuesday afternoon. We hope you enjoy this one. We uh, have a few uh, good guests to come on. We'll also talk about the first two weeks of the season and, and some important games taking place tonight. We'll talk about that as well. You can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. You can email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com or join us on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. That's all the ways you can interact with us. We've got our email up, got our tweet deck up, we got everything up. And hope you'll uh, dive in and, and enjoy this with us. Uh, done our best to promote. Uh, we, were, we have been under the weather, plainly, uh, obviously, clearly. Uh, I'm drinking as, as much hot fluid as I can possibly get into me. Uh, I am teed and coffeed out, but I am doing it nonetheless as I take another sip. Luckily, with the timing today and my life, this is real caffeine. Keeps me moving today. <laughs> uh, we'll enjoy it nonetheless. Um, tried to promote best we could. Wanted to try something new since we were going to get postponed. We figured, why not? Let's, uh, let's try a Tuesday afternoon show instead of just blowing it off for the, before the holiday, meaning we would go a week and a half between shows. Uh, so we thought we'd try this mid-afternoon idea. Uh, it's something we may dabble in. Uh, in the future as well, there's a couple shows I can think of where we might slide to a, a Monday afternoon, maybe, for example. One of them in particular would be um, right after the uh, first December weekend when I'm at soccer championships. Um, I, I, in the past, have hightailed back and done a show on that Sunday, I think. I also may have skipped it. I kind of re remember watching some basketball one year. Anyway, uh, we may... Uh, we may do a Monday show instead. That way we keep with the content, but the stress of driving back on Sunday. From Greensboro, in this particular case, uh, would be a little bit less on us. But we'll cross that bridge when we get a little bit closer. That's uh, a week and a half away. Uh, two weeks away, really. And we'll cross that bridge. Also, that also may mean we may skip out that Thursday show. We've, we've tried to put a podcast together for that Thursday show prior um, and, and air it. And I remember last year pulling off the side of the road and and launching the show, uh, we'll cross that bridge as well. Really, the, the basics come down to this, folks. We don't want to blow ourselves out here. We have a lot going on. There's a lot of basketball to cover. We have a long season ahead, and the idea of, of doing too much while sacrificing somewhere else is, is less and less appealing as I get older. So we'll cross that bridge. Anyway, you can, again, tweet us, at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Um, Hey, Pat, good to see you. Thank you, sir. I uh, hope you're enjoying football. Hey, speaking of upsets, quick note on football. Three significant upsets in the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Pretty freaking incredible. Uh, I was even enjoying watching uh, some of the games while calling basketball games. Um, in particular, I was watching Muhlenberg uh, Del Val in the middle of a game at one point and, and couldn't re re hold myself back. But uh, congratulations to Randolph Macon, who upset John Carroll. Obviously, Muhlenberg over... Uh, Del Val, uh, and um, uh, I know, uh, oh, I can see the other one. I'm just drawing a blank. I know Plantville got beat, but 
Anyway, uh, the third upset. Uh, congratulations. Awesome start. And then congratulations to all eight programs who are in the men's and women's soccer championships. Looking forward to calling the soccer championships with Ira Thor once again this year. Uh, the four teams on the women's side, four teams on the men's side. Uh, an upset there, too, is Rochester upset Messiah in men's soccer. What was significant about that? Uh, oh, St. Norbert over Trine. Thank you, Pat. Ah, that was it. St. Norbert over Trine. Darn it. I knew that one. Uh, Trine was on my mind. I don't know how I got that one out. I uh, missed that one. Um, so anyway, really significant because um, um, Messiah had to move their soccer tournament to Rochester uh, due to the weather. They could not host the game at Messiah. The games at Messiah got moved to Rochester. And Rochester ended up taking advantage of that moving through. Shows you how important home court advantage is when we talk about things in basketball. It, it hasn't always panned out that way. I think the track record on the men's side in the Sweet 16 Elite Eight rounds, uh, I think less than half of home teams get to the Final Four. But again, it, it can have a boost, and, and you don't want to dis discount that in any way. Anyway, congratulations to the, to the teams moving on to the next round of the... Um, Soccer champion or football championships and those at the final four in soccer. Uh, and congratulations to Emory women's soccer or women's volleyball upset uh, Calvin. One loss Calvin got upset in volleyball championships. So just a few championships I wanted to get out of the way. Congratulations here early in the program. We do talk about it on time to time. Hey, let's talk about the uh, top 25 a little bit, shall we? Ryan Scott would be on here shortly. Uh, a number of losses, not overly surprising. Considering how much time, top 25 not coming out this week. It'll come out next week. Quirk with November. Quirk was starting November 8th with the season. A quirk with technically there being four Thursdays in thanks in no or five Thursdays in November, which kind of makes Thanksgiving a little early per se. Um, and so just a little quirk. We'll have our first poll next week. Um, but you know, a, a number of losses uh, we've talked about a little bit. We're not surprised on the men's side, but you feel for a team like St. Olaf right now. 0-4 to start. Uh, they've got Bethany Lutheran coming up this weekend. Uh, they've lost to Eau Claire by 5, lost to Stevens Point in a real low-scoring affair by 13. That, 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 that tells me a lot about Stevens Point. Could we have a deja vu to the, uh, what was it, the 2016 team uh, that was so low-scoring, their defense clicking on all cylinders with a senior class, laden class. Deja vu this year. We'll, we'll find out more about the pointers soon enough. Uh, then lost to Whitworth, no surprise, by 20. Lost to George Fox by three in overtime. I think they really needed to win that one. They got Bethany Lutheran coming up, and it's a must-win for the Oles early in this season. But we'll talk more about this stuff with uh, uh, Ryan Scott coming up here on the show. Also, we'll talk to Endicott's men's coach, Kevin uh, Bettencourt. They upset number five, MIT, who though got back off the snide against Eastern Nazarene in their second game at MIT. And MIT's got Tufts and Keene State ahead. But Endicott with another huge win early in the year. What does this mean? Are the Gulls maybe better than people realize they were going to be this year? We'll talk to their head coach coming up. Wheaton with the other upset in the top five. They knocked off number two, Wisconsin Oshkosh. Uh, I didn't have Oshkosh that high in my poll, but I had them top ten. Still thought they were pretty, pretty solid. Granted, new coach per se. I understand there's a coach who's an assistant or an associate head coach who's been up... Um, um, promoted to head coach, to be blunt, um, I, I'm not sure. Sometimes that is a bigger change than people give it credit for. Let's be blunt. And so I, I'm very curious to see if uh, that's the case. We'll, we'll keep an eye on it. Uh, I'm getting a sound that there may be a hiss in our audio. I apologize. We'll keep the work on that. Shouldn't be. 
I have a feeling maybe in our change of computer. We upgraded some things in our computer to make things work faster. It's not necessarily working faster. As I look at my software here, we were not unable we were unable to replace the software as quick as we want. That's a that's a major change in direction. Yes, the software is there. We can use the software, but getting everything graphically and everything else trans uh, moved over is a major undergo uh, un process project. Uh, we hope maybe to do it by Sunday. Anyway. So I apologize if the hiss is annoying to any of you out there. Um, let's see. Oh, Pat says, frankly, just want to see more regular season games played in order to help voters push past their preseason expectations. Absolutely agree with the top 25 there. As Pat points out, we want more games. We want more data. I'll freely admit, if we had, if we had voted this week, I've got a, what, one or two games out of NESCAC teams. I got maybe four or five out of some random teams. Does that really get me kind of my mindset out. I'll be honest, if you talk about St. Olaf, I think they're going to be good. I'm not voting for them. They're on my radar. I think they're going to be good. I could see some voters going, well, I'm going to, I'm going to wait out St. Olaf a little bit here at 0-3, 0-4. Well, maybe not. You know, we need more data to show whether they're, they're as strong. Or a team like Johns Hopkins, who's lost twice already in four games at 2-2. Two and two. I'm voting for Hopkins. You know, I might be the kind at this point, go, well, I'm going to give them a little more benefit of the doubt. Well, one more week of games, including in conference against McDaniel tonight, who I've seen McDaniel... Certainly an overhauled and improved program. Not sure they can beat Hopkins, but if they were to beat Hopkins, then I'm sitting on a top 25 this week of going, oh, maybe I really shouldn't have been voting for Hopkins in the first place. Um, so that is, we got another week there to be able to just kind of blow it all up and, and start from scratch. So makes a lot of sense. Certainly um, makes sense to me. Oh, Maryville, 0-2 start. Uh, lost to Eastern, which really surprised me. I don't think the loss to Emory and Henry is as shocking or as surprising. Maybe by 12 is. I really thought Maryville would be better. One who really likes Maryville is, is Ryan Scott. We'll talk to him in a few moments, too, maybe about that. And it doesn't get much easier for Maryville. They got Emory coming up this weekend and Oglethorpe. Uh, Maryville might be in the same boat as St. Olaf. And I'll say this bluntly now. St. Olaf and Maryville may be playing themselves out of Pool C contention early on. Maybe I'm being a little extreme with Maryville right now, but St. Olaf... Listen, we, I always support going out there and scheduling harder, um, b better schedules, um, better non-conference especially. Make sure that you're, you're going out there and you're putting your best foot forward. But here's the trick to all of that. You still need to win some games. And yes, remember Oshkosh a couple of years ago got in with 10 losses, and a lot of us, me included, rolled his eyes at that. Listen, great schedule. You didn't win more than two-thirds of your games. You, you won less than two-thirds of your games. To some, in my opinion, that, that Mendoza line is, is maybe a little flawed in that thinking. We need, yes, you've got a great SOS, bravo, congratulations, go win. And it doesn't mean barely win some. I mean, you need to go win some significant ones. So St. Olaf here, who's going to start going into Mayak play here soon, is going to have a non-conference schedule that's going to be all lo mostly losses if they can get past Bethlehem Lutheran. They may have played themselves right out of a Pool C contention right out of the gate here in November. I'm not saying go out there and, and put a cheap schedule together. We certainly know teams who have done that. But you have to at least prove yourself against that schedule. That's the trick. It's a balancing act with coaches. They go out there and try and challenge themselves the best they can while knowing that their team can at least get some wins. If St. Olaf was 2-2 two and two right now, I'd feel better about them. If their losses were to uh, Stevens Point and Whitworth, okay, I get it. Their losses of Eau Claire and George Fox, though, really make that argument a little bit tougher. So, again, these are things that in November we're talking about that we'll still be talking about the end of February. 
Speaking of which, tune in Sunday, uh, our twenty, our show on the 25th. Sam Atkinson, the chair of the Men's Basketball Committee, Sports Information Director, Assistant Athletics Director at Gallaudet, will be, as we have planned right now, in studio or right over in this area to talk about uh, the committee, talk about the uh, process. Obviously, it's early, but we're already talking about these things. Also want to apologize. Bob Quillman was scheduled to come on Sunday's show, and obviously my illness uh, prevented him to do that. I will admit, medication's allowing my voice to be working today. Uh, we will have him on Sunday show too, so Bob can even kind of um, kind of feed off of what Sam has to say uh, as well. So if you've got questions for us, you know how to get a hold of us. Uh, we look forward to hearing from you. We hope there's a lot of you out there who may interact since we're doing a bit of an afternoon show here. Uh, Greg Kay says, looking forward to Coach Bentoncourt's segment on Hoops. So excited about the Triple uh, C Conference basketball is upon us. I agree with you. I'm excited about it myself. And uh, looking forward to seeing what Coach Bettencourt has to say about his program, especially their big win over MIT. By the way, on the women's side, we're not forgetting about them. Um, a few less upsets, not surprisingly. Uh, women, a little bit more tiered, as we've discussed in the past. Uh, but I'm double-checking this is the right date. Now, here we go. Still a number of losses. Uh, Trine lost to DePaul. George Fox lost to St. Thomas in what was an awesome game. Um, we talked about the Messiah and Illinois Wesleyan losses already on the docket. Marymount lost a second one this time. The Vassar in a battle of two former Saints players who are now coaches and two Saints Hall of Famers uh, at that Marymount game. Vassar getting the win 56-52. Marymount's got another game tonight against Shenandoah. Um, Wash U lost to Texas Dallas to get things going, surprisingly enough, showing Texas Dallas may be stronger than we realize. Uh, that game coming... Um, I don't remember when that was. It was, it was over the weekend, I believe. Uh, Gettysburg, at least, has gotten back from their loss against Messiah, beating Juniata and Leval. Uh, Whitewater, uh, we mentioned losing to Loris early. Montclair losing to St. Lawrence, which was somewhat surprising. Uh, Randolph-Macon, we mentioned losing. And then if you look at the receiving votes category on the women's side, there is a bunch of losses. Rochester off to an 0-3 start. Maybe there was a reason their head coach didn't want to really be considered for the top 25. Rochester lost to RIT, Baldwin-Wallace, and Babson. They got William Smith ahead of them tonight. Um, Rose Holman, Gustavus Adolphus, FDU Florham. Again, a team that probably shouldn't be getting any votes lost. Uh, Calvin's lost two to La Crosse and Wisconsin Lutheran. Whitman has lost two uh, to Eastern Oregon, non-Division three, and Texas Tyler, soon to be Division two. Albright is one in three to start this season, losing to Moravian, Newman, and Salisbury. Uh, Emory lost to Oglethorpe. TCNJ lost to RIT. RIT off to a good start. So it's not as cut and dry on the women's side as it used to be. And now, granted, more teams are being voted for, so thus you might incorporate some more losses. That certainly could be a factor, to be sure. What are your thoughts on St. John's in the Mayak? Listen, the Mayak's going to be tough again this year. Um, no surprise at all. Uh, kind of expected it to be tough. I like St. John's. I didn't vote for him, I don't think, in my top 25. The where is my top 25? I'm going to need that when Ryan gets here. I'm going to have to figure out. Oh, here it is. No, that's not it. I'll find it and, and, and get it back up here. Um, oh, here it is. It's under the other computer. I don't think I had St. John's in my top 25. I did not. Um, I like them. I think the Mayak's going to be a battle this year. Uh, absolute battle. Um, St. Olaf, ooh, I did have them 19th. Oops, I'm going to be removing them. I like St. John's. They certainly started off strong. 
um, with a, uh, but they lost to, to Whitewater, but the win over Platteville, I took note of. Uh, they got lacrosse tonight. I like St. John's. I think the Mayak's going to be a battle. I think those out-of-conference games are going to be more important than people realize. I think, I think there's going to be a real battle in the Mayak and a lot of losses. Uh, St. Thomas has yet to prove that maybe they've were, you know, re, um, reloaded or, or rebuilt from their years of dominance. Um, I, I, I thought St. John's might be the best team coming back. I swear I voted for St. John's. I guess I did, and I guess I voted for St. Olaf. We voted a month ago, so my brain is a little fried since everything I've been doing since. Oh, man, I don't have St. John's on my, on my ballot. But you know, I, I think the MIAC conference has gotten so exciting, so exciting. I think it's anybody's for the taking this year, though. I certainly had my fan on St. Olaf, but I'll be removing them from the top 25. By the way, another team that I really have to consider is number nine, Springfield. You know, they've lost... Uh, Jake Ross to a shoulder injury for, I would suspect, a few weeks. We may not see him to the beginning of January. That's my own personal speculation, just based on little bits of information that I've received unofficially. I've received nothing officially or talked to anybody at Springfield. Um, but just the nature of the injury I saw, Noah having my own shoulder injuries myself, not maybe how he injured his, but certainly my own issues. Uh, it's his non-shooting shoulder, which is good, but he's, he's very good with both hands. You know, they don't play a lot of games, give them time to recover without a lot of pressure. If there's any, any time to have an injury, it's now for these programs. I'd rather have Ross dealing with an injury now and recovering and coming back in late December, early January, than I want to see him getting that injury in late January. It's a, it's a, it's, it could be a deal breaker in late January, and then the pressure is to get back to help the team, and maybe you're not 100%. We saw that with MIT and, and Jomar uh, last year. So, uh, you know, Springfield's going to maybe drop out of my top 25, even though I put them ninth, just because Jake Ross isn't on the team right now, and they're a different team without him. Uh, that's not a knock to them. They'll be back in my top 25 as soon as Jake's back and proven that the program can continue winning. Anyway, going to take a break. When we come back, Ryan Scott will join us to talk a little bit more about the top 25, also talk about some of the surprises from early in this season. And then again, coming up, we've got Kevin Bentoncourt from Endicott, also Mike Schauer from uh, Wheaton Men's Basketball, and Mike um, Miller from Messiah, the double mics, will be on the show. You'll listen to Hoops Hole presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We're really hoping today that our program does not crash on us, so hopefully everything runs smoothly. And with that, we go to our first break. You'll listen to Hoops Hole, back with more after this. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I play because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us to be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual, sexual assault. assault. 
learn how, and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For the love of the game, but for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this Tuesday edition of the show, our Thanksgiving special, we're calling it, because, well, we weren't that creative. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. Speaking of which, I was keeping track of the Facebook chats. Oh, yeah. Chris Mitchell and Chris Graves, thanks for joining in, guys. Appreciate you doing so. If you're uh, joining us on YouTube, you can chat with us there as well. All right, so early season, what have we seen type stuff. Top 25s, what are we shaking our heads about? Lots of those kinds of things. We always turn to our our uh, d3hoops.com um, partner in crime, as it were, uh, and columnist Ryan Scott, and he joins us via the Hoopsville Skype line. Sir, welcome to the show, as always. Absolutely. I love doing this, especially via Skype. Uh, first and foremost, if we were voting this week, I know, I think I would have been on the fence on a few teams. Um, some other teams I may have overreacted with in both plus and minuses. Are you kind of glad we're not voting for another week, maybe? Yeah. Right. 
Yeah, we even get a couple conference games, and we'll talk about that in a bit. Uh, I feel bad for a team like St. Olaf, who I did end up voting for number 19. I just realized when I went back to my top 25, you know, 0-4 start. I really thought, I knew what they were starting with. I thought they could at least come out of this 2-2 two and two at the best, or, or worst, I should say. I, I didn't see 0-4. and four. I thought they could get wins over George Fox and the like. Have we over... Have we overrated St. Ols, or are we maybe with their schedule, you know, we're, we're you know what I mean? We're, are we in the middle here where we're just, it's just bad, bad timing? Right. Yeah, as I said earlier on, this could even hurt in that large chance because uh, there's so many losses. But we'll talk plenty more about that as time goes on because they're going to be a great example along with some other teams as we move forward. Of course, they play a ton of WIAC games, and that's why their margin of error, Ryan, is is admittedly smaller. I just realized no one can hear you. Well, that's unfortunate. We've been doing this whole segment, and no one can hear Ryan. This continues the fun stuff on my end. Hold on a minute. That's really weird. I'm not sure why no one can hear, because we have it set up so you can be heard. Um, give me a test real quick, sir. Yeah, well, it doesn't like me at all. This is crazy. We fixed everything so I could hear, but apparently... No one can hear you, which defeats the purpose, people, of this show. Uh, you're, supposed to, you're supposed to hear the guy talking and not just me. So this is what happens when you upgrade a computer, you set everything back up. It's supposed to work exactly how it's supposed to work, but apparently it's not. So you know what we're going to do? We're going to take another quick break, and I'm going to fix this darn problem. Listen to Hoopsol, and Ryan will be back, and we'll try and recap what we were saying that you didn't hear. Back with more after this. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student-athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. 
from eastern to occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Great moments are born from great opportunity. That's what you have here tonight. That's what you've earned here tonight. This is your time. Now go out there and take it. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered. And welcome back, everybody. Uh, we believe we've solved our audio problems with uh, Mr. Ryan Scott, who is joining us via Skype. We'll try and start this all over. <laughs> Apologize Hello? to those who tuned in and thought Ryan wasn't talking. Can you hear me? Am I, I, I can hear you. We have, we have audio. Um, All right. Ryan was talking. Video could people could see it. Podcast people are going to be yawn confused. Um, but we'll well let's kind of recap. By the way, what we were talking about. So we start with first off the fact that are you know are you thrilled or not thrilled to the fact that you didn't have to dive into your top twenty five this week? Yeah, uh, it's good. We haven't seen enough games from some of these teams um, to know really what what impression we should get. And so I'm glad we got one more week to to sort of see a little bit more. Uh, yes, another week, certainly. Um, there are certainly teams that I think this week I would have either been holding on to for a little too long because I was giving them a little too much benefit of the doubt or maybe overreacted to because they lost a couple and maybe I shouldn't have overreacted. I mean, you could, I could see this going many ways. One of them, St. Olaf, kind of feel bad for him at 0-4. I kind of expected them maybe at a 2-2 two and two start. I saw what they were going to start with. I knew they were going to be tested. But are we overreacting to St. Olaf? Did we over? Did we maybe think they were too good? What, what's your take on, on the Owls? I, I think they're a little too high to start off with. I'm not sure they were a top 25 team coming in, um, but they are a solid team and a good team. And I think we've now got them too low with 0-4. Um, you know, it's a team that's getting used to playing um, without one of the big producers from last year. So uh, it takes a little bit of growing pains. We were just talking about how unfortunate it is in that conference. They don't get a lot of non-conference games. So uh, they're really going to have to win and get that pool A automatic bid. Yeah, unfortunately, they're they're gonna they're in their their window of um, of uh, you know error. The error is what I'm trying to get at is is slim here. You know they, they've kind of used up whatever cachet you could say at a team usually progress. Now, granted, they may steamroll through the conference after this. I don't think so, but they could steamroll through the conference. 
and a lot of this will will be changed. But go you know, obviously going to win the conference anyway. But that's also why we talk about November being just as important as February. Yeah, I, I mean uh, these games that you're getting early in this year, it seems just an unusual amount of really big, high quality games. Um, teams have gotten it through their heads that they need to schedule good non-conference opponents and we're seeing great games all over the place and so these really are going to matter um when it comes around to february and selection what other early impressions have you seen in the top 25 i mean the win by endicott over mit certainly jumped out at me wheaton's win over oshkosh i think is hard to to ignore i don't want to overreact to those games necessarily but what else has jumped out at you uh, I, I feel like the number of teams that are playing really well at the beginning of the season, you know, there's usually one or two or three that look like they're in midseason form when they start, which is a good sign for the end of the year. But it feels like, you know, just so many teams are coming out strong. I'm thinking Nebraska Wesleyan, Whitman and Whitworth have both looked pretty good. Williams started strong, Augustana, Hamilton. I mean, you can just keep going down. As many teams as we've seen stumble a little bit, there have been just as many who've been really, really strong out of the gate. I'll be honest, Nebraska Wesleyan and Whitman look scary. Yeah, uh, Nebraska Wesleyan, they they don't seem to be lacking any motivation <laughs> coming off the national championship. Nope. Um, they, they are ready to play. And uh, Whitman, you know, with all the, the lineup changes and, and movement that they've got up there, I think they're... They've got a little ways to go, but they've got they're so deep that it's it's you know mistakes get covered over pretty quick. It's true. Uh, that's very true. Hey, let's talk um, conference stuff just a bit, and then we'll dive back into our top twenty fives. NJAC and Centennial Conference officially get going tonight, Tuesday night, yeah. uh, with games, which is one of the reasons we start earlier in the year is to give teams a little bit more breathing room before conference action starts. There are some other conference games. I think the ODAC has. Now, these games may have been moved, not the ODAC scheduled them, but uh, some games already, I think one or two games started in the ODAC already. I think I saw a couple others other where. But really, tonight's kind of the big push through into conference action. And, you know, the, these games are, you know, this is a lot of pressure on some teams like Hopkins, for example, who just lost to Salisbury, uh, and teams like New Jersey City who are going to be tested early. Yeah, uh, I mean, the NJAC especially, I think we could say New Jersey City is, is maybe not as good as advertised right now. Mm-hmm. Doesn't mean they won't be by the end of the year, but, mm-hmm. uh, you know, having these early conference games are, are going to be a struggle for them, uh, especially when they haven't quite clicked um, yet. And there's a lot of good teams to challenge them this year. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of good teams. Uh, the NJAC, I was talking to somebody else. I feel like I don't want to go too far here, and I don't want people to be over or misunderstand what I'm saying. Back in the 90s, the NJAC was a beast. I'm not saying we're there yet, but I do feel like the competition, the NJAC, is starting to head, and men's basketball is starting to head back in that direction. We're now getting, it seems like coaches have figured out the recruiting. You know, they had that challenge with the D2 schools, and things have started to slide in, in the right direction, as it were, in terms of a competitive conference. Yeah, I mean, you're seeing more teams really being competitive. Um, you know, TCNJ started one and two, but I saw uh, parts of two of those mm-hmm. games. And they played really well. Um, Rowan seems to have figured things out a little bit. They, they've been not quite putting the pieces together the last couple of years. Ramapo's bringing back, they lost the five starters, but they're bringing back a lot of guys with a lot of experience. Um, and even some teams that we, we would have thought maybe towards the bottom, Rutgers Newark or Rutgers Camden, those schools are 
are not terrible. They're still going to give you trouble every night. Um, and Montclair sitting there at three and zero. People are voting for them. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, looking good now on the Centennial side. It's a three horse race right now. I think or will be a three horse race. If you haven't gotten one started, F and M looks pretty solid. Uh, Hopkins though stumbling, I think is going to figure things out. You can't imagine that that's a, a, a sign of the things to come necessarily. And of course, Swarthmore is going to be solid because they've got a lot of those pieces returned. Yeah, Swarthmore, I've been pretty surprised at how quickly they've adapted. They lost three seniors last year. Um, Production-wise, I knew it wasn't going to be a big deal, but the chemistry and, yeah. and just uh, replacing what those guys did in terms of leadership, um, they, they haven't seemed to miss a beat at all. They've been playing real well. And then on the women's side, New Jersey, uh, NJAC's going to be maybe an, uh, an up-in-the-air conference. We heard Karen Harvey say that her Montclair State team is maybe not as strong as we've come a accustomed to due to graduations that opens the door for a lot of good teams and on the centennial side well we kind of expected this to be a battle at the top uh yeah i mean centennial is it's tough you know and they've got um some quality teams and and they're putting a lot of effort into improving um athletics has been a priority for a lot of these centennial schools in ways that maybe it hasn't been in recent years and so you're you're seeing some really strong teams yeah, it's going to be fun to watch those two conferences. Obviously, other conferences get rolling after Christmas or after, I think, after Thanksgiving. Some do wait until after Christmas uh, to get conference action going. So, obviously, the, the bulk of the conf or the uh, schedule really starting to heat up now in Division Three. Let's go back to your and my top 25 quickly. Just talk about maybe some of the surprises or, or head scratchers on our ballots. Uh, I don't know if you have anywhere in particular to start. Obviously, uh, I've got Springfield at number nine, and I'm, I'm honestly debating about removing them altogether because I think the loss of Jake Ross is significant enough. I, don't, I still think they're a good team. I just think without Jake Ross, maybe they're not a top 25 team right now. But I, this is a gut shot a week before I'm voting in real. Um, I, I have Springfield number nine as well, uh, <laughs> oddly enough. Um, I don't think I'll drop him out entirely. Uh, Heath Post picked up a lot of the scoring that Ross has, has lost, obviously. They're not as deep with someone like Ross who's not in there, but uh, I think they've shown well enough in, in the games that they've played that I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt for sure, especially with the experience they've got there. And, and uh, some of those young guys have been playing pretty well. Um, well and I love how uh, everyone figured out we didn't have audio there for a while. I'm seeing all these messages. Um, a couple other things. I've got Oshkosh at 5. I've got MIT at 7. I have Wittenberg. Wittenberg's a little concerning maybe i've got them a little too high i was talking to a coach out there that thinks maybe wittenberg's a little too high overrated um not that they aren't good but that what they lost last year was more significant than people like myself were giving them giving it credit for yeah um i clearly was wrong on maryville at least yeah, to start the one. year i yeah. i thought maryville was going to be a little bit better than they have been doesn't mean they won't turn out that way yeah. um they really had a strong second semester last year which is kind of what i was building on um Another one, uh, not sure what to make of Hope. Uh, they played really yeah. well against Greenville and then uh, lost to Simpson. But uh, That might be the Greenville rust, too. Right. Well, and Simpson had a really terrible first game and then played great at the North Park tournament. So we don't know what to make of them uh, either. Um, and then the, the WIAC, you know, it didn't feel like Oshkosh or, or Platteville came out all that strongly. But Stevens Point, Whitewater both did. Uh, and yeah. Stout played really well. I didn't get to see any of those games, but they, I think they're 3-0 and or 4-0 and now. Um, who knows what's going to happen there? It, it, that could be really tough if there's some inconsistencies. 
I have Stevens Point 11, and I'm feeling very confident now with that, and maybe even higher the way their defense is clicking early in the season. Um, I found St. John's. For the person who asked me about St. John's, who was it? It was Joe. Apologize. I was looking for the wrong key. I was looking for an ST, and on my ballots, it's spelled out as St. I have them 14th. They're 1 and 2. We'll have to do a re- little bit of a readjustment. By the way, I knew Rhodes was going to be good with the Titans. Oh, he is playing very well for the Titans right now. Uh, I liked how Plattsburgh has gotten off the off the, the ground so far. I liked, you know, obviously it's a weekend in the NESCAC teams playing, so I'm not overreacting. I have Roanoke 24th. I may have bought in a little bit too hard uh, on the uh, on Roanoke, the Maroons there. I still think they're going to be a good team and lead the ODAC, but maybe I overcommitted a little bit too much there. But we got another week here, and there you I said earlier, Springfield, I might take out my top 25, but in a week's time, I may completely change my mind and still leave them in there. You know, there's a lot still to be figured out. There are a lot of good games still to come this week. Um, you know, and it's so hard. I usually throw the first game of the season out when I'm considering by the end of the year because, you know, there's just so many factors that go in early. Yeah. Um, and this year with even a week less of practice, uh, it's going to take a while to sort of evaluate where teams are at. Um and and the way that they're playing, we, you see so many teams play that first game poorly, yeah. um, or some teams come out gangbusters and then right. trail and off. Lay an egg in the second game. Exactly. Yeah. Um, it's just real difficult. I'm glad we get the an extra week because I would not have any clue how to how to vote if we were voting right now. I feel good though. Nebraska Wesleyan one, Whitman two, Whitworth three, Augustana four. I'm feeling good in my top four. To be yeah. sure. I. I, I had five. I had Nebraska Wesleyan, Whitman, Whitworth, Williams, and Augustana, and uh, I think all five of those came out strong. Um, yeah, I have so. Williams eight, but I'll be moving them up to be sure. <laughs> uh, uh, well, hey, sir, I appreciate you coming on. Sorry for the tech difficulties. You'll be a, a regular. Uh, we look forward to having you back as always. Any final uh, things you're looking at as we head into Thanksgiving here? Uh, no, just this evening. Um, don't yeah. don't start your holiday just yet. There are a ton of great games to play this evening. Um, MIT struggled a little bit and they've got tough. So that'll tell us about both teams tonight. Um, like you said, Centennial starting out, uh, some really good ones. And then of course, Illinois Wesleyan and Wash U, uh, may not be as competitive as it has in previous years, but that's always a big one. So, uh, yeah. check it out. Good calls. Absolutely. Great games ahead. Appreciate the time, sir. Take care and have a great Thanksgiving. You too. Thank you. Ryan Scott joining us on the Sky Poopsville hotline. You actually could hear him. We're proud of that. We finally figured that gremlin out. No reason it shouldn't have worked. Going to take a break. When we get back, we will jump into some of the teams we uh, have been talking about that are not necessarily in the top 25, especially in men's basketball. Endicott and Wheaton's will be on the show here momentarily. And then Messiah women's basketball. But first up, Kevin Bentoncourt from Endicott. Big win over MIT. Strong start to the season. We'll talk to him. You're listening to Hoopsville presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. More Hoopsville after this. I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. 
When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us to be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division III basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. Hey, welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this Tuesday edition of the show. Postponed from Sunday due to uh, illness. <clears throat> I'm still trying to battle it. We're hoping the voice survives the whole show. Our coffee is being wrapped up, but it's also cooling down. So, you know, a few things to deal with. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook where we're simulcasting the show. Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. You can also uh, chat on the YouTube page as well if needed. We'll try and get to some of your questions and answers and all that fun stuff when we can. All right, so one of the uh, big upsets to start the season was the win by Endicott over number five, MIT. They seem to have a habit of doing this if, if, to some degree. I, it seems like Endicott, not when you necessarily count them out, but certainly when you may not be looking, will find a big win over a big team. Well, they've done it. They've gotten over MIT. Huh, just lost my headset. Hold on a second, folks. Wouldn't be able to hear the interview if I didn't do that. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is the head coach of Endicott. It is Kevin Bettencourt. Coach, welcome to the show, and, and congratulations on an absolutely terrific start. Well, Coach, you there? Now, that is not something we should have any issues with. We have a mic up and everything. Hey, Coach, you there? Wow, it's one of those days, folks. You got it. There we are. Coach, can you hear us? Huh. Apparently, Coach can't hear us. That's a new one. Let's try something here. Coach, can, coach, can you hear us? Yes. Oh, I had, I it, I had you muted. That was my fault. Oh, I, I heard something cut out. I wasn't sure exactly what happened. Hey, welcome, folks, to the technical difficulties that are Hoopsville. If it isn't the beginning of the season, we don't know how to do things incorrectly. Jeez, <laughs> uh, I'm telling you, we're off to a roaring start here. Anyway... Congratulations on a heck of a start. Uh, win over oh, number five you. MIT, obviously, and then you kept it going by wins over Suffolk and and Babson. You got to be pretty thrilled with how this this goal squad has, has, for lack of a better term, and to use every pun, pun possible, taken flight. Yeah, no, we've uh, we've done an excellent job to start the season. Uh, certainly, as we head into Thanksgiving and kind of get to step back and take a couple of days off, it's it. Uh, you know, it, it was a nice start. It was good. We're all feeling good going home. 
Um, turkey's certainly going to taste a lot better in a few days. So. <laughs> we'd, be, we'd be remiss if we told you it was going to be any easier from here. You've got Middlebury coming up on Saturday after Thanksgiving. Um, or Sunday, is that? I don't, I don't, Sunday, Sunday, yes, Sunday. Yeah, Sunday against Middlebury. Yeah. And then uh, midweek, you're going to get into conference play with, with Curry, followed by the following weekend against, obviously, the big big one in the conference, Nichols. So while this is a great start, you know, the, the hard stuff is still ahead. Yeah, no question. It doesn't get any easier. And, I, you know, I think also that helps us kind of remain focused on you know, getting better and playing well. Um, you know, we certainly challenged ourselves with the schedule early on. Uh, obviously, growing so we can you know continue to improve and be at our best towards the end of the season when it matters the most but uh you know we're definitely not it's definitely going to ease puts a big target on your back so hopefully uh hopefully you can you know keep playing well and, and keep momentum going i uh, lost a little bit of that but we got the gist of it appreciate uh keith brown leading the team right now early on with nearly 30 points a game matt mcdevitt at 11 along with kyle anderson or henderson Obviously, the the cir- team circles around Kevin Brown to to a greater degree. But how much now does the rest of the team need to get involved for when teams like Middlebury and the rest uh, eye up Brown and find every way possible to shut him down? Yeah, no, I mean, we do have some guys who are capable of certainly making shots and, and keeping keeping people honest. But you know, Keith obviously generates a lot of attention, and you know, every time I you know, I, I think he can't surprise me anymore. He comes up with another great performance. And, you know, this past week he was pretty special. But we do have a lot of really talented kids. And, you know, there's a lot that goes into getting Keith those kind of shots that allow him to do that. And our, our players complement each other pretty well. So hopefully uh, hopefully they keep growing together. And, you know, that freshman Kyle Henderson you mentioned, you know, he's got a lot of ability. So hopefully he can, you know, kind of step up there and keep, keep – Keep going from that that good performance he had against Batson on on Saturday, uh, Sunday. Brown shooting fifty three percent early in this season, sixty four percent from beyond the arc, <laughs> twenty two of thirty six. Yeah. That can't continue. No, that definitely can't. But uh, you know, he, he's a pretty special one. I, I think he's one of the best scorers. You know, I've certainly seen uh, since I've been in coaching. But he uh, he got off to a great start shooting. You know, he. He actually kind of battled a, a little, you know, a minor injury, so he missed some practice time too. But some good ones, they're going to go in. Um, so hopefully, we're losing a little bit of your coach. I don't know if you're moving around or not, but the, this, the we're, we're getting bits and pieces on that last one. But certainly talking about the good shooting from Brown, by the way, 61%. Um, the other good shooter is Matt McDivitt at 12 for 23 from beyond the arc. You clearly have, including Henderson as a freshman, a lot of other weapons, and so that will be beneficial. What is the message go, going into Thanksgiving ahead of that Middlebury game to this team? Do you try in some ways kind of pop the ego bubble, as it were? No, I mean, we, I didn't do that. You know, we sent them home, uh, you know, yesterday. Uh, didn't do that. You know, I want the guys to feel good. You know, I think confidence is important. Um, you know, we're, we're playing some teams that have, uh, some pretty special to the, you know, teams and long traditions, but I want our guys to be confident and go in and feel as if we can play and beat anybody. So I didn't really do that, you know, but I certainly brought up the, the, uh, challenge of staying grounded. Uh, I, I think if we, if we get a little bit ahead of ourselves, you know, 
it's going to go the other way. So, you know, I always talk about if this is the best week of our season, then it's probably been a disappointing one because yeah. we definitely want to, you know, have this kind of week towards the end where uh, we can accomplish something special. But really proud of the start we had for sure. Again, Middlebury coming up. Then you get into conference play, Curry, and then Nichols. And obviously the most important thing is to, to take care of business in the conference. This is a, a conference which you were 12-6 and six last year, but 15-3 and three the year before. 12 and 6 a year before that, 16 and 2 the year before that. You've had kind of years where you've quote unquote dominated, and I'm using that term a little loosely, and then other years where it's been a little bit more of a struggle. Well, what do you see this conference lining up this year with obviously Nichols under a new head coach, but most of the team back, and then the, the rest of this conference? How do you see this one shaking out? Yeah, I mean, it, you know, it's still kind of early to tell. Obviously, in the beginning of the season, everybody's probably and should be optimistic. You know, Nichols has a ton of talent, and until somebody bumps them off. I mean, they've won it two years in a row now. So until somebody bumps them off, I think, you know, the, the, we got to all say it's going through them. Um, but we have a lot of really talented teams and, you know, I think, you know, some veteran coaches coming back and I think the challenging, you know, I mean, the conference will be very challenging. Uh, you know, Gordon's always really difficult. I think we tied with them last regular season. Mm-hmm. They rejo- uh, returned the bulk of their players. They have two really special talented kids that were all conference last year back. So, um, you know, and there's, there's there's several others. I don't want to start naming some because I'll leave somebody out accidentally, <laughs> and, and then I'll be held against us. But no, I I think the you know conference has challenged our program to grow, and you know when we have chances like we had this past week to play some you know, teams like MIT and Babson and others, and we're able to bump them off. That's all because of the you know the tests we've gone through within our conference. I know you know we're trying to grow and, and get that you know notoriety so we can try to get more teams in that tournament, but, um, you know, the, the, the conference is still the most challenging part of our schedule, always is, so hopefully we can get through that. Now we should point out the game against MIT, you went 90-70, and 70, or 40, you won 90-73, you went 41-26 in the first 15 minutes of that game, certainly nothing to shake a stick at. Last year, obviously, the season came to an end in a heartbreaking loss to Nichols. We're not that far removed from this program making the, the, the NCAA tournament, getting to the Sweet 16 before Middlebury steamrolled you guys. So the guys are familiar with what this ultimate goal is. It, does it take them hard to remember how, that, how they're going to need to work to get there? No, I think, they, you know, I think a lot of these guys are able to see it, but we, you know, not a ton of them were getting minutes on that team. We had yeah. six seniors on that Sweet 16 team. Um, we kind of turned the roster over a little bit last yeah. year. I think our roster had eight freshmen last year, so... Um, you know, really even experiences like losing that championship game at Nichols. You know, we grew a lot during the season last year. We were playing really well at the end. You know, coming up a little bit short, I did think motivated us and hopefully will, you know, stay as a reminder that we gotta, we gotta, we gotta play hard and, and well throughout the whole year, not just, you know, for this, for this first week. But, um, yeah, a lot of our guys, those seniors that we had, uh, in the Sweet 16 team certainly set a great tone every day and, and, a positive example, and now these other guys, now that they're getting the chance to get the minutes on game day, I think they're, you know, excited and trying to follow that lead. Well, I appreciate you taking the time. Quick question before we let you go is, what are your Thanksgiving plans? You know what's going to be on the dinner table at the very least. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we my, me and my wife are, you know, both living still in our hometown, so we got a lot of family oh, around wow. us. Uh, we got we got a meal at 1 o'clock at my in-laws, <laughs> and then we head over to my aunt's at 6, so I'll be, right. uh, I'll be fed well. I was going to say, plenty of turkey, plenty of stuffing, and plenty of other stuffing. 
exactly yeah, exactly i know the feeling well congratulations <laughs> congratulations i know you'll be thankful about the start to the season uh we wish you luck the rest of the way we'll keep an eye on the goals and uh good luck on, not only with middlebury on sunday and Nichols the following weekend but the rest of the season we'll talk to you soon no i appreciate that thanks for having us on absolutely on. take care uh, you'll kevin bentoncourt joining us on the hoopsville hotline again team terrific start to the season for them with a win over mit um I mean, that win, 41-26 start in the first 15 minutes, they don't win 90-73. to uh, There's nothing wrong with the way they started that season to any degree. Um, the, the win over Babson, 97-88, I, don't, I didn't want to gloss over that, but Babson, let's be honest, is not the same program that won a national championship a year and a half ago. Um, that's just the reality of things, but they're still good. The real test is going to be Middlebury on this Sunday, and then the, and then obviously Curry and Nichols in conference play next week. That's when we're going to know what the goals are really going to be made of and look forward to seeing where that may lead. Take another break. When we come back, we'll keep with the men's basketball theme and the upset theme. Wheaton, thanks to their stud card, Francis, Ashton Francis, got a heck of a win over UW Oshkosh, the number two team in the country, according to the preseason poll. We'll talk to their head coach, Mike Shower, about what does that mean for Wheaton? And what does it mean for the rest of the CCIW? You're listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com. And, of course, our computer system decides to crash. I thought we were going to get past this, folks. We made a bunch of changes behind the scenes. It's not the computer. It's the software. Here's what's going to happen. I am going to try and keep the streams going on their respective channels. We made some efforts to do that. The problem is, on Facebook, I almost can promise you we'll start on a new stream. On YouTube, I'm hoping we can hold the stream that was there. If it's not, uh, we will <laughs> we will we, we're gonna have to start a new one. It's a pain, but it's part of this whole process that we tried to start to get us to somewhere new. Anyway, we'll figure it out when we come back. Uh, after welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. If you're able to be tuning in, we are adjusting some things to hopefully get everybody tuned in as quick as we can uh, after the. Bit of a problem there with our streaming system. Got to love it. Got questions for us? Tweet us at D3Hoops or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us Hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Just got done talking about the upsets in men's basketball, in particular the team from Endicott with a win over number five MIT. They weren't the biggest upset in the first couple of weeks of this season. Number two, Wisconsin Oshkosh took their lumps to Wheaton in Wheaton's opening tournament of the season. Pretty impressive, if I do say so myself. So we figured we better talk to Wheaton's head coach. Joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline is Mike Shower, the head coach of the aforementioned Wheaton team. Well, of course, as my headset goes dead. Hold on a second, coach. Apparently, uh, we're losing our our audio systems as well we're losing everything today we'll take a quick break get this back up and running so coach bear with me i know you can hear me we'll be back with more hoops right after this college basketball lives in kansas city at the college basketball experience at sprint center the college basketball experience is the place to get your game on it's not a museum it's an experience you won't forget discover the history of the game in the national collegiate basketball hall of fame featuring the gallery of honor mentor circle and honor theater Suit up in the latest CBE logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that college basketball built. For 
the love of the game. But for those of us who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics. And in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. This is why we love sports. It's in the way they play, free from the pressures and all the money talk. Playing for simply the love of the game, where everyone has a shot at their definition of success on and off the field. This is what we love about sports and what we can still love about college sports. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're at d3hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And hey, welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Hope you're enjoying this show. So we continue to deal with things that do not pop up in tests. It's annoying beyond belief. We will try and find solutions. We may... I am not in the mood, nor do I have the money, to overhaul this entire studio. We're going to get right to the Hoopsville Hotline and talk about the team that had the upset of number two, Wisconsin Oshkosh. It is Wheaton, and Coach uh, Shower joins us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. And, sir, thank you for taking the time, and welcome to the show. Thanks, Dave. Glad to be here. I'm, I'm glad you are. Uh, <laughs> first and foremost, hey. hey, go ahead. We're in the coaching business. We're used to things happening we have not yeah. prepared for. That's so. <laughs> true. Very true. Especially when other people are relying on you, right? Um, first and foremost, I don't think anyone didn't suspect the Thunder would have a good season this year. I, I just think when they saw Oshkosh on the docket and the national runner-up who brought back everybody but their head coach from last year, they thought you might have a little struggles at home. Um, you guys didn't get that memo, did you? We did not. You know, we... Uh... I mean, we certainly felt like um, we probably had that game circled uh, at the beginning of the season a little bit, um, which you know speaks a little bit to the fact you're talking to me after a great weekend, but the co-game came down to a possession. We almost didn't even get to that Saturday night game, but we, we certainly felt like we would have a chance to beat Oshkosh. We returned the, the bulk of a team that won at Augustana, that won at Whitworth, that won at Illinois Wesleyan a year ago. And you know our league, we're used to seeing teams like Oshkosh um, with some regularity. So our team was certainly, we certainly didn't perceive it to be an upset or, or a task of, uh, beyond us. They're great. Their talent level is, is extraordinarily high. But, you know, I, we played teams like that from time to time throughout our league. And uh, so I thought our guys were pretty prepared, and we felt like we were going to have a pretty good chance to win. When you, when you guys looked at the game that you had ahead of you, did you, did you want I've seen this in a few games, but especially this one. Did you want Francis taking as many shots as he did? He he certainly got his points, but wow, he took a lot of shots. Yeah, well, he does. I mean, he does take a lot of shots. He's just a very, very gifted offensive player, and and really from an efficiency standpoint, he put up you know forty five points on twenty nine shots. An efficiency standpoint, that's really not too bad. True. Um, he is a you know he is an an offensive minded high volume scorer, and so yeah, there are times he takes shots that 
Um, certainly, I would not let other people take, and he <laughs> takes them at great, great volume. But at the same time, he scores, you know, at such a high level um, that it's, you know, you, you live with some of it because he can get going as he did uh, in the second half when we pulled away a little bit from Oshkosh. He can have nights where he's just so difficult to, to keep him putting the ball in the basket. Interesting. What I picked up on, too, was the fact that um, I mean, obviously other guys came to play, but your defense really forced Oshkosh to seem uncomfortable. I watched a lot of the second half, and I saw a lot of shots from deep from Oshkosh. Um, I didn't see them have – I mean, they had some time inside too, but it seemed like when they needed a shot, they didn't go inside. You seemed to have some success with that, with that vantage point. Yeah, you know, I think, uh, you know, Aston gets a lot of the attention um, for the points he puts up, and appropriately so. He was, he was fantastic, but – I thought an equally amazing effort that night was Luke Peters uh, on Ben Boots, um, who I, you know I'm as big a Ben Boots fan as you're going to find. He is an amazing guard who's just simply a winner, and Luke really you know played just an unbelievable game defensively and um, is a is a player capable of guarding some elite perimeter players. And so I thought I thought our defensive effort against them was was pretty good, particularly from a team that historically the last couple of years we haven't been great defensively. So to get that effort from us was, uh, was something that was good to see and hopefully can progress um, as, we, as we continue. I certainly don't think Oshkosh was overrated in any way, shape, or form. Uh, and, and the win is certainly a solid one. But you, this, isn't, this isn't the season. Uh, you, you've still got, obviously you have a win over Coe and Rippon leading into that, but you've got Calvin and Letourneau in Chicago. Uh, before we get into conference play uh, with North Park and Illinois Wesleyan to get things going, you, you, you have a very difficult start to this season against teams that are either coming off NCAA tournament appearances or perennial NCAA tournament appearances. You didn't shy away. No, and we really never have. I mean, you know, I, yeah. I almost went into full Bill Belichick mode on you when today because we've Come got on. an extraordinarily good Calvin team coming in here tonight, yeah. and I, I just felt like repeating on to Calvin because what happened Saturday, while it was great, really is of of no import to us sitting here on a on a Tuesday with right. a team as good as Calvin coming in, and obviously watched their games against Augustan and Illinois Wesleyan, and a lot of teams are going to lose to Augustan and Illinois Wesleyan, so. Calvin's really good. Obviously, Letourneau's really good. Chicago's really good. But uh, I just think the only way to prepare to play our conference slate is to go ahead and play some of those teams. There's just no reason to duck them. You've got to get yourself playing at a high level on a consistent basis. Um, and so that's what we've chosen to do and have done it more or less since, since I got here and with some success and some failure. But I, I, I think our team gets used to playing at a certain level and uh, – and, and expectation, and there's just no reason. I mean, our league is top to bottom so good that mm-hmm. there's no reason to, to try to just not go ahead and play quality programs, um, uh, you know, as often as you can. Oh, by the way, you got Olivet, who's going to be talking about the or competing for the top of the MIAA this year. You've got yep. Platteville, who obviously is in the dogfight that is the WIAC right now and could be near yep. the top. Illinois Tech, who has come on strong, certainly has one of the more interesting guards in the country. And then you got conference play. Illinois Wesleyan, Augustana, Carroll showing that they're going to, might be pretty good this year. Um, North this is no more fun, Dave. I, I mean, I'm, this sorry. Is, <laughs> I'm just <laughs> filling it in for the rest of them. You can hit mute. You can hit mute. Um, yeah, it's a great schedule. Yeah, no question. You've got a lot of tests here. It's going to have its benefits potentially in late February. It's going to have sure. its benefits if you also don't take too many hits, as we were talking about St. Olaf early on. How do you yep. balance this with the team, though? to not raise the expectations too high of how you've started, but furthermore, also not have them 
too amped going into any particular game so that they can pace themselves out to some degree. Yeah, I mean, you just try to have consistency, I think, right? I think as coaches, we're all trying to get our team to play at as high a level as we can on a consistent basis. And so, you know, um, again, because of our schedule and because of our scheduling history, this really isn't that unusual for our guys. They're, they're kind of used to this. Um, they're used to, you know, our road games being at Whitworth last year and doing some of those things that, um, you know, being at Calvin last year, I mean, those things are, are challenging for teams, but it's, it's our norm. We, we have weeks in our league where you can be at Illinois Wesleyan and at Milliken in the same week. We, that, you just got to be able to deal with that uh, emotionally and, and just keep playing. And so, um, you know, we don't, we don't talk a lot about it. We just, we just put the next team up and go play them. We don't talk a lot about, um, you know, how dif- difficult the schedule is or isn't. We just play the next team that's up and try to prepare um, for each one individually and, and try to play to our ability each night. Well, your ability has been pretty good so far, uh, admittedly so. Uh, curious, you are going to Letourneau this weekend. Uh, yep. I believe that's a Saturday game. Correct. Curious what you guys have for team plans for Thanksgiving. Yeah, so we're flying down there tomorrow. Um, Aston and, and Trevor Gunter are both from the Tyler, Texas area, mm-hmm. and so we're, we, you know, we wanted to plan a trip into Dallas, and, and uh, there were a lot of permeations of this trip ultimately landed on a Thanksgiving weekend with only the one game at Laterno, which is um, not really Dallas, but closer to Tyler. Yeah. And so we're going to spend Thanksgiving down there and, and do some uh, some team stuff down there and uh, enjoy that time and play on Saturday and come back in time for school to start on Monday. Oh, very nice. Make a trip out yep. of it, as it were. Yep. Uh, yep. And then obviously you've got Chicago coming up uh, after you get back, and Mike McGrath will have his team ready for you. No question. As well. And then conference action gets started the following weekend when you take on North Park. Uh, well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Obviously, with the travel, I won't ask you necessarily what you think is going to be on the dinner table, but any clues besides the turkey, what you might be enjoying on Thanksgiving? I have absolutely no idea. I would imagine <laughs> it's going to be the traditional fare, but I don't know that, yeah. to be honest. Yeah, well, you're going to Texas. It might be a little bit of a twist on the on the tradition from what it you guys be. have. It could be. Yeah, could be fun. Well, I appreciate you dealing with the uh, technical glitches we just experienced, and, uh, and good luck the rest of the way. I, the CCIW, I guess before I leave you, is it... Is it I mean, everyone's kind of looking at Augustana and Illinois Wesleyan. Is is it more topsy turvy than maybe people are giving it credit for? Boy, I think so. And I, yeah. those two teams are fantastic. Um, you know, obviously, I think we've got a chance to be pretty good. But I, you know, I've watched Milliken. I watched Elmhurst. These are really good teams. And uh, you know, I think the the top to bottom again in our league is is going to be very difficult night in and night out. And I think um, you know, top to bottom, anyone can beat anyone else. And and uh, I think it's going to be a very interesting and competitive year again in our league. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to join us. Thanks so much. Good luck, and have a wonderful Thanksgiving. You too, Dave. Thank you. Absolutely. Mike Shower joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline. Appreciate him taking the time to do so. Uh, big trip for them, the Laterno. Hey, Laterno's a good program. Be fun to see those two programs face off. And then back, as we mentioned, against Chicago after. Uh, that's the Monday. I don't know. What am I talking about? That's a Thursday after Thanksgiving. Going to take another break. When we come back, we'll try and answer some of your questions, talk about some things. Still ahead, Messiah men's or women's basketball coach Mike Miller joins us. You've been listening to Hoopsville, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC Studios. More Hoopsville after this. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. 
Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered to myself is that if I have a goal, I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you're primarily a student athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, here on this Tuesday afternoon. The Gremlins continue to plague our studio. We hope to have some of them solved by Sunday when Sam Atkinson, the men's basketball committee chair, will be in studio to talk with us. Um, if he's not, we'll find another, or if, if we still haven't solved a lot of these Gremlins, we'll figure it out. Here's the, the, If anyone knows Murphy's Law, you, if you try these things out and test things, these things out, they always work just fine, and then when you go on air, they don't. And we have... Done everything but throw out the software, which we will now be doing in the future. Uh, we even doubled our memory. If you saw this computer, you'd be amazed it wasn't clicking along faster. If you got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville, hashtag Hoopsville, email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Hoopsville. We are answering any questions that may be out there right now until we have Mike Miller joining us in about 10 minutes. So if you got questions, send them our way. We'd love to hear from you. We were uh, supposed to be simulcasting on Facebook. For whatever reason, when we restarted Facebook, it did not rest or restart our stream. It did not restart the stream to Facebook. We have no idea. It's sending data to Facebook. We just don't know why it's. I mean, I, I can get. Well, maybe you know. I wonder if it's maybe we hit a, a setting wrong and it's sending it somewhere else. Let's let's uh, hold on. Let me check something here. We have access to another account, and I'm wondering if I accidentally sent it to another group. No, doesn't appear we did. I was just kind of curious. Anyway, uh, we'll continue to work on things and hopefully get everything up and running for all of you. If you got questions for us, again, email us, hoopsville at d3hoops.com. Join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. There's lots of ways you can get a hold of us, and we would hope you take advantage of them fully. Um, we're going to be talking to Mike Miller from Messiah here shortly about uh, his uh, team, certainly playing well uh, despite an early season loss and a loss of a player, but we'll talk to him in a bit about that. The women's top 25, we kind of glazed over at the beginning of the show. Uh, the top eight unscathed and looking dominant. Amherst, obviously, out of the gate with wins over Farmingdale State and RPI. Uh, Bowden was strong start against Regis and Colby Sawyer. Nothing against, geez, they only, Regis only put up 22 points. Regis, not the same program that made the NCAA tournament something like five straight years is what I'm reading from that. Either that or Bowden is a dynamic team, but the win by 65. But we still have a lot of, of basketball here, and Amherst and Bowden need tougher competition for us to really understand where they sit. Amherst actually playing tonight against Eastern Connecticut, uh, and uh, Bowden playing against University of New England tonight. Hope, real strong start themselves. They'll play Concordia of Wisconsin tonight. St. Thomas, the win over George Fox, really 
tells me a lot. I half expected that to be a loss, not because I thought less of St. Thomas. I think highly of St. Thomas in women's basketball. But George Fox has been a very good program. But St. Thomas came from behind on the road to win that 176-73. I think that's pretty significant. They then got a win over Lewis and Clark. They have a game against Stevens Point coming up on Saturday. That's another must-watch. Thomas Moore, who is slamming as many games into their schedule as they can when they can, defeated Wheaton, Midway, who's not in Division Three, Covenant, and Meredith to get things rolling. They'll take on Maryville on Saturday, LaRoche on Sunday, as they play a ton of games before mid-January when their schedule will certainly decrease. Toffs off to a good start. Chicago off to a great start, including that win over number 12, Illinois Wesleyan. Uh, Scranton, strong start, though not really playing a ton of tough teams. Uh, I'll be interested to see what happens when Scra- Scranton turns a corner. Trying, despite the fact that they you know, lost their women's basketball coach due to some major indiscretion, um, there's rumors we're not going to dive into right now, defeated um, Denison and Otterbein, but then lost to DePaul by two. Of course, DePaul ranked in the South 15 as well. We'll take on Oberlin tonight, then Frostburg State and somebody else this weekend. Trying by the end of the weekend could be sitting at 5-1, and one, and that would be certainly a very improved start to the season. Uh, George Fox, again, their only loss is to St. Thomas. Messiah, we'll talk to them. Their loss to York, Illinois Wesleyan, their loss to Chicago. These are not bad results. Wartburg lost to Illinois Wesleyan, not a bad result. Dominated Carroll right after that. Beat uh, Platteville by 15-17 prior to that. Marymount, up and down. See what this makes of it. Uh, Emory and Henry, by the way, I think has proven a lot. They beat Marymount, then they beat Maryville. Now, Arcadia and and Valley Forge weren't exactly the toughest opponents, and they certainly didn't do great against Arcadia, but they got the job done. What was really uh, impressive was that they absolutely blitzed Valley Forge. They didn't let off. They woke up. They'll take on Shenandoah in conference play coming up this weekend. Um so there's a lot going on in women's basketball this season, and I'm really intrigued. I think as we talked to Gordon Mann in the beginning of the season, there's two tiers. There's that tier at the top and probably the six teams you think are going to be battling for a national championship. Maybe that's eight, but I think six is a good number. And then there's a secondary tier, and that secondary tier has gotten so much deeper, so much deeper, that I think the men's, the women's basketball um, tournament is going to be very much like the football tournament was uh, this year, where I think we're going to see a little bit more topsy-turvy in the opening rounds of the tournament. Granted, that's in March. We're not there yet. So, again, and if you look at the, at the receiving votes category, hey, Geneseo, despite losing Coach Scott Hemmer in the offseason, defeated Hilbert, William Smith, Lycoming, and, and York to get off the ground. Defeating York, I've seen York. I, oh, York's frustrating me a little bit. They lost to McDaniel, uh, kind of, uh, by the way, McDaniel's off to a 4-0 start heading to Hopkins tonight. Uh, Men's basketball, McDaniel off to a 2-0 start heading to Hopkins. But York frustrates me because they have got some good size inside. Remember Chad McGowan, the All-American for York in men's basketball? His sister is a senior for the team. And I feel like they're missing something. I know Betsy Whitman is frustrated. Um, The inside game... Looks dominant. I don't know why it doesn't seem like they're reli- not going to it as often. In the McDaniel game, they went to it early and then abandoned it. Um, 
So I'm really surprised at York. And then to lose to Geno by 13 actually does surprise me. I thought Geno would struggle a little bit under a new head coach. It's not a knock. Again, it's a situation where, you know, an assistant or an associate takes over. A lot of people assume that means continuity, and that's not the case. I've gone through it myself. There is no necessarily continuity there. Um, assistant or associate coaches might have different ideas. They were following the head coach. Now that they get to take over their own program, they get to put their own stamp on things. They don't just repeat what the previous coach was doing. Well, Geneseo's at least somewhat repeating. They're off to this 4-0 start. They'll got Morrisville State coming up tonight, and we'll keep an eye on Geneseo. Uh, we mentioned Wheaton earlier. They lost to Thomas Moore, but they're at least 2-1 with wins over McAllister and Hanover, and they take on a good Laura squad tonight. These are teams that are receiving votes. So I'm really intrigued by a lot of these teams in women's basketball. I think we're going to have a lot of interesting conversations to be had as we go through the season here. And uh, We're also going to have to see if teams like um, Rochester, which I don't think will happen, or Albright can recover from some really rough starts to the season. Uh, in their in their pursuit of the of playing in March, as well. All right. On that note, we're going to take another break. When we come back, Mike Miller will join us from Messiah to talk about his women's basketball program and what they may be up to. We certainly uh, would be interested to see if uh, the injuries that they have suffered in that one loss to York is something that we need to be worried about, or if he's not worried at all. Mike Miller. And the Falcons of Messiah coming up. You're listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studio. More hoops to left to this. I coined my definition of success in 1934. My definition of success is peace of mind attained only through self-satisfaction and knowing you made the effort to do the best of which you're capable. It's like reputation and character. Reputation is what others perceive you to be. Character is what you are. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. Something I discovered in myself is that if I have a goal, then I can accomplish it. It's a well-rounded experience. At a Division III school, you primarily a student athlete, so the school is really shaped around you developing yourself as a complete individual. It helps a lot that you have a family with your team that can guide you. Welcome back to Hoopsil, everybody. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsil or hashtag Hoopsil. Email us hoopsil at d3hoops.com or join us on Facebook, facebook.com slash hoopsville. So we just got done talking a lot about the top 25, those receiving votes, etc. in women's basketball and of course we talked a little bit about messiah's start lost to york uh in their opening game of the season uh the number 11th ranked i'm on the wrong one there we go number length number 11th ranked falcons then got past juniata after that winning by nearly 30 29 to be exact got past number 19 gettysburg by five beat wesley and then st vincent so a four and one start makes that first loss of the season seem like an, an afterthought 
Joining us on the city of Salem, or joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline. It's not sponsored right now. It is Mike Miller from the aforementioned uh, Falcons. And coach, thanks for taking the time. Oh, my pleasure. Glad to be here. I appreciate it. Uh, first and foremost, not the start you wanted, certainly. Uh, York, they, even they want to go back to the tape and see how they got past you guys <laughs> to some degree, 69, 66 in that first one. But the team clearly recovered well and while Juniata is not the the biggest world beater Gettysburg is and you, you got to win over them too so a good recovery as it were right yeah we have uh the uh the not, the result doesn't necessarily surprise but how we played surprised me that first night um things showed up that didn't show up in our two scrimmages against good opponents um but uh the recovery is exactly right uh we have six freshmen and um just we lost some leadership from the year before, and I think uh, everybody was just kind of figuring out that, like, who's how do how do get things done that first night? Yeah. And without practice, without things like that, getting ready for Saturday, they it was just kind of it really turned us and got everybody like just a sense of urgency this early in the season. Uh, you talk about loss of leadership. Certainly lost some players, as as everybody has turnover. But you also lost, from what I've been told, Leah Springer. I don't Correct. know if it's yeah. for the whole season or not, but due to injury. If there's a time to lose a player, now isn't the worst because the team can build as it goes forward. But that's still a, a significant loss at six foot uh, in the inside part of your game. Right. Yeah, she, she'll be out for the year. Okay. Um, yeah, so, and that's, you know, with synergy and everything else, everybody's going to know that in a day or two or so, if not already. <laughs> that's <laughs> so, kind of where I was hearing the grumbling yeah, from. <laughs> yeah. So, those, who saw, know, those who saw the yeah, bit. <laughs> yeah. So, quite honestly, I mean, it's, it's a big loss, um, but it's, it, it happened – Early enough in the sense that, you know, I can plan for it and the players can plan for it and uh, change and completely change in our offense and things like that. Um, so, I mean, we're only going to get better. Um, and it would be it'd be harder to overcome if it happened in December. And, right. Uh, but to have it happen early and have time to just say, this is what we're going to do offensively, defensively, and everything else. So I think, I think we're only going to get better at this point. So. Well, and it's senior play, not surprising Correct. that have come yeah. to the table here. And it's not like yeah. you've lost a ton of sides because Macy Thornton at 17.5 points a game being a senior at 5'5", five, five, your guard. But then you got Alicia Rohrer, uh, 6'2", senior at double figures right now at 15.8 and 13.8 rebounds, granted just five right. games in. So you've still got that inside-outside presence. It's just not with a, without one of those extra uh, towers that you can put in the post. Oh, absolutely. And then Leah plays, and, and quite honestly, she plays all over the floor. But yeah. but all all five seniors are at the, the highest level of of execution and, and things like Kristen Smolich and Becca Isaac and Haley Meriday. Like, they've all stepped up, and I think with Leah going down, like it's, they, like they know they really are responsible on and off the court, uh, and they've just done, a, just done a great job of filling in. And then Macy and Alicia are just tearing it up. Um, at a really high level. So Becca Isaac at eight points a game. Kristen Schmuck, yeah. Schmuck at uh, just about eight points a game herself. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, you may be carrying the mantle a little bit here as the men's soccer program tripped and stumbled uh, this weekend. I, I just had to yeah. mention that because of the little <laughs> side joke we had going uh, um, uh, via email. I'm hoping I didn't jinx anything. But, you know, Messiah is synonymous with almost all of its programs being really competitive on a national level to some degree, obviously led by the soccer programs. Does Correct, that yeah. does that add any pressure to some degree, or is it more fun? Oh, I think it's it's 100% more fun. Um, we are really collaborative and great courage among all the coaches. And it's almost, uh, and, and everybody's in everybody's offices and talking strategy and 
Uh, and it's just a spiraling up. Like, it's not pressure, but you see how other programs do things or hear that they tried something different off the court or off the field. Um, and it's just kind of like everybody's just always looking for new ideas and always trying to grow from each other. So it's really a positive um, for all of us, you know, sure. and we're happy. So if a men's if soccer team wins a national championship, we're we're in the news. So it, yeah. it helps when we recruit a women's basketball player because they know us and they think about excellence when they think about Messiah. I'm sure we've talked about this too, but you know, yeah. you're, you're one like Hope and Wheaton, Calvin, the rest have a little bit more of a, a Christian background to the school or, or center right. of the school, I should say. Does yeah. that make recruiting easier, more difficult? Is it more targeted? How, how does recruiting kind of go along in that in that sense? Yeah, I think for all of us, uh, it's not. It's recruiting just is. It's not easier or harder. Okay. Uh, it's, it's, it's definitely targeted. Uh, we we have a lot less. Players that would uh, that we would recruit that meet our profile, uh, but then the ones we we that do meet our profile are a little bit more interested in us in the front end. We don't have to do the hard sell just to get them to look at our website type of thing. Hmm. So we have people who, but it's hard to find them. And from year to year, it's you, you might have one year you might have a you know a good number of people who are interested. Next year you, you might not have hardly at all, uh, which is what ha- this is why we don't have a sophomore class. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, um, yeah. yeah, so, yeah. Do you ever get a recruit who comes to you and say, hey, I'm interested, and you sat there going, wow, we didn't think she'd be interested in a Messiah school? Oh, yes, absolutely, like, over the years, yeah, for sure. And what what happens is through AAU and things, uh, for, in basketball especially, people are looking for that D2-D1 scholarship, and maybe oh, someone sure. will start make, then that's first. So we, we try not to come in too soon on some of these players, but, uh, but then they start making the campus visits, and it's not what it was all cracked up to be, mm-hmm. uh, the environment and things like that as far as fitting their personality and, their, and what they want uh, in the culture. So, And then they kind of come back to us a little bit, so for do, sure. Do you have others who um, think, listen, I may not be perfect in my personal life for Messiah, but I'm willing to come and be a part of the program because of, of the tradition and all that, but then realize, no, this this isn't the right fit for me. Yes, yeah, that 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 happens, and and then it could be that they that it still is the right fit. Like we're really upfront in the communication process, and if if people don't quite understand what we're about, we we really make sure because uh, we want their experience to be the best experience. Right. They're they're only going to get these four years one time, and it doesn't have to be at Messiah. Um, but like we feel we we need to be responsible to them and get them to the place they're supposed to be at. And, and if we do that, we'll get the players we're supposed to get. So Let's change gears a little bit. You've got yeah. a lot of tall players on this team. Yeah. I'm noticing yeah. a lot of height starting to come into the Mid-Atlantic as much as guard play has been important. Yeah. Really seeing the inside play come up, become a bigger factor. Right. Yeah, it's really odd. Um, like, you're right. Uh, there was a time when if you had one, one player, you would, be, you would have an advantage there. And, and there are teams, like, there's, almost every team has one or two centers that can, that can play and move and and do a lot of multiple things and have a lot of skills. So it is a, it's, a, it's real interesting how right now in our league, there's just, there's just a lot of bigs that can play. Yeah, I got this chance to see Widener this past weekend, and I was really surprised at the amount of height that they had. I mean, they, yeah. they have six players, I think, in legitimacy, but four who are in their main rotation. And, and I thought right. to myself, geez, if they're bringing that much height to the game, that changes this conference more than I'm used to. Because, again, I'm used to one or two being inside. Right, yeah, and uh, you know Stevenson has a great center in Lycoming. Um, Albright has two really strong forwards as well. Uh, Lavalley, I think, has two strong forwards. So yeah, so 
How, yeah, how we're, do you see this? Good place as well. Yeah. How do you see this conference shaking up? Because I saw Widener was a preseason pick number four, and I'm thinking to myself, geez, they're playing like I think they can play with Ireland at the post, or I mean at the point. Yeah. Um, and then either Haley or Shank or whoever inside. Oh, this is they're more like a two or three in my opinion. Right. I I really think uh it's just it's really gonna be balanced. Um, you know, there's there's some people that might have a hard time competing this year. Sure. Um but but the top the top half, uh I think it's pretty interchangeable for sure. That's gonna be fascinating to watch. Yeah, of course. It's, yeah it's gonna be and that's gonna make it a little more unique instead of just one or two teams. They're kind of going through with one loss. You know, it's going to be people are going to beat each other up this year. Well, and you got Widener next Wednesday. You know, yeah, to get, you want to tell me? Yeah, to get things going. <laughs> uh, I told you, Ireland <laughs> at the point, you got Shank, and, and okay. nothing you don't know, Coach. Yeah, I know. I <laughs> and know. nothing you're not going to see. Uh, yeah. You'll see it on Synergy, as you made a point earlier. Uh, yeah. yeah. Uh, you got Eastern tonight, though, first at yeah. home. Obviously, that needs to take some priority before heading into Thanksgiving, and hopefully, no one's thinking right. about the turkey too soon. Yeah, we. I mean, that's that's been a pregame speech of mine for 32 years. It's be 33 tonight. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're gonna be you're gonna be in the gym, regardless. You're here, you're stuck here. Yeah. So you might like, stay in the moment. Um, and then we ask them to stay in the moment when they get home with their family. Don't be thinking about getting back and those kind of things either. But uh, yeah, we'll be we'll be preaching that uh, in the pregame for sure. And you got Christopher Newport in non-conference play coming up in a week and a half. Yeah. Then yeah. back in the conference play, you got Kenyon and Emmanuel. Emmanuel, pretty good squad down in Florida before conference play. You got a, an interesting mixed bag this season on that on that on that schedule. Yeah, our non conference schedule is really, really, really good. So, um, like you know, I know Juniata lost a couple of people, but like our first three games, those teams were sixty eight and eighteen last year. So, and we, you know, we we want to throw these freshmen into it, and and they're getting getting exposed pretty good. So, yeah, that, that would say the least. Well, before we go, we are, we've been asking our, our guests tonight what's going to be on the uh, Thanksgiving dinner table. Do you, or do you have any clue? <laughs> oh, no, I do. Uh, I'm part of that process, my wife and I. Oh, cool. uh, But, no, yeah, it's, we, we do the traditional. So we'll have the turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing and all that kind of stuff, cranberry, sauce, and those kind of things. So what's your favorite part? traditional. What's your favorite? Uh, stuffing. Stuffing, stuffing? Ball, I mean, stuffing, yep. Oh, absolutely. yeah? Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Coach, I appreciate you taking the time. Oh, my uh, pleasure, enjoyed yeah. having you. As always, we give the coach the yeah. final word. Any final thoughts for those tuning in? Um, uh, nothing other than I really, again, appreciate your work. And everybody out there, uh, just keep uh, keep listening to Dave. He does a wonderful job. So. <laughs> oh, thanks, Coach. <laughs> okay. Appreciate the kind words. All right. Look forward to running right. into you down the road. Take care, and we'll talk soon. Okay, thank you, Dave. Absolutely. Mike Miller joining us here on the Hoopsville Hotline as his Falcons get ready to take on uh, Eastern. Coming up here tonight, that game is scheduled for 6 o'clock. Uh, I just want to double-check something. Uh, Eastern, obviously, not in conference, but you know, you've got some good squads in this conference. You know, Albright looks like they may have taken a step back with some early losses, but you know, Lycoming comes back pretty well. Stevenson comes back. Uh, Widener really impressed me. They're not that 12-13 and 13 team. You mentioned Lev Val. The Commonwealth race on both the men's and women's side. It's going to be fun to watch. This year, and Mid Atlantic women's basketball has been fun to watch. The only difference is Mid Atlantic women's basketball hasn't seemed to elevate to the national level. I don't think it's reached tier one just yet. Programs like Messiah could certainly do it, but we just haven't gotten there yet. And it'll be fascinating to watch the rest of the season how the Commonwealth, the Centennial, and the CAC, granted without Marymount in the CAC, will elevate themselves um, heading into you know January and February. That was Coach Miller. Appreciate him taking the time. Going to take another break. When we come back, we'll wrap up the show with your questions and whatnot. You listen to Hoopsville. Presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. We'll be back with more Hoopsville when we return. 
I did receive a non-athletic scholarship upon entering uh, school. I got the presidential scholarship, which was huge for me. I think there's more opportunities for academic scholarships in Division Three. I did receive academic scholarships. Just being involved on campus, being a leader, all those things combined kind of get me recognized. It's a great experience for me. My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us to stop sexual assault. In any way that we can. To get a friend home safe. To never blame the victim. It's on us. To stand up. To make our community safe for all. It's on us. It's on us to look out for each other at parties. It's on us to be more than just a bystander. To step up and say something. It's on us, all of us, to, to stop, stop sexual assault. Learn how and take the pledge at itsonus.org. We've got more schools than Division One, more fans than Division Two, and more upsets than March Madness. There's 800 programs with over 11,000 games leading to two national championships. And we've been covering it all for over a decade. From Eastern to Occidental, from Puget Sound to Piedmont, from Southwestern to the University of New England, and from Hope to Calvin. Nobody covers Division Three basketball like we do. We're D3Hoops.com at www.d3hoops.com. And welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody, on this uh, Tuesday, November 20th, uh, pre-Thanksgiving special for you. Hope you're enjoying the show, despite our technical difficulties. Uh, wrapping up the program here, we're going to spend about 10 minutes. If you've got questions for us, tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. Email us, hoopsville at D3Hoops.com, or join us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Hoopsville. Um, let's see here. I had a couple of things. Bear with me. Uh, um, I digress. I was trying to look around and see. I thought I had a question that popped up. I did not. I was going to call up the schedules for tonight because there is a lot of good basketball coming tonight. Uh, you should be checking out. Uh, Thanksgiving uh, appetizer, as it were. We already talked about some of the top 25 teams in action. Number two, Oshkosh will be at Edgewood. Um Jeez, Edward takes on a lot of WIAC teams this year. I want to double-check how many to be sure. Um, Edgewood takes on Oshkosh, Stevens Point, Platteville this season. Oh, jeez, that's, that's not, not as many as I thought they were taking on, but still quite a, quite a few for Edgewood there. Um, Tufts will be at number 5 MIT. Uh, Ryan mentioned that one earlier. Mass College will be at number 8 Williams. Number 9 Hamilton's at Bard. Number 10, Platteville at Simpson. That could be a fascinating test. Capital at number 11, Wittenberg. Speaking of Wittenberg, uh, my Gophers uh, men's team took Wittenberg a little closer than I expected. 15-point outcome. I don't know what to make of that, to be blunt. Uh, but Capital will be at Wittenberg. Wash College at Swarthmore. That game, you know, keep an eye on that one. I don't know. I think Wash College might surprise. Maybe not in this particular game, but during the season. McDaniel at Hopkins. Seton McDaniel, they've overhauled their program. They certainly have some good players. Can they 
take advantage of Hopkins. And they probably play a style closer to Salisbury does McDaniel, so maybe Hopkins can't handle it. It's at Hopkins, though. It's at Goldfarb, so that Salisbury game could also wake up the Blue Jays, and McDaniel's got no chance. That's an interesting game, to be sure. New Jersey City at Kane in conference action. New Jersey City's got to start conference play well, so keep an eye on that one. Middlebury's got uh, Northern Vermont Johnson. I can't remember their old – they just changed their name. I can't remember who that one is. Illinois Wesleyan at Wash U in a really good early season test in non-conference play. Worcester at Hanover, Whitewater at Monmouth, and Lacrosse at St. John. So a lot of top 25 games in men's basketball action that are worth watching. And there's a lot of games, period. We can't even go through all the rest of the games. There is tons of games tonight. In women's basketball, Eastern Connecticut will be at number one Amherst. Number two, Bowden will be at New England. We mentioned that earlier. Concordia, Wisconsin at number three, Hope. Skidmore at number six, Tufts. That's a fascinating early season game for Tufts. Number eight, Scranton at Marywood. Number nine, Trine at Oberlin. Eastern will host number 11, Messiah, which we talked about earlier. I mean, I'm sorry, Messiah will host Eastern. Number 21, Whitewater is at number 12, Illinois Wesleyan. Great game for pre-Thanksgiving. Shenandoah at Marymount in number 16. Maine Farmington at number 17, St. Joseph's of Maine. Oh, that one looks like it's already been officially postponed, actually. There's snow rolling through the the New England area, and that game looks to have been postponed. Gettysburg's at Franklin and Marshall. I'm not sure if that's going to be much of a test uh, for Gettysburg. William Patterson at Montclair, that could certainly be a test. And Randolph-Macon at Bridgewater could be a test. And then there's a whole mess of games after that. Muhlenberg's at Dickinson tonight. Uh, McDaniel and Hopkins, again, on the women's side, will also play. There's a lot of good games in men's and women's basketball tonight. It's not just an off night on a Tuesday before Thanksgiving. It is, uh, it's almost like a, a really good Saturday in basketball, except they're all at night, <laughs> which will make things a little bit more interesting, to say the least. Um, let's see here. Looking for questions, if you have any. By the way, six years ago tonight, I kind of roll my eyes a little bit at this. Um, remember Grinnell's Jack Taylor set the record of 138 points. We have not had Grinnell on the show since. I can't believe it's been six years, which makes me feel old. <laughs> yeah, but, you know. Grinnell recently set the record for the most Division threes, uh, <laughs> most threes made by a Division three team at 42. The NCAA record set in the 90s is 52 by a Division two Troy. Um, as someone said to me, someone made 52 threes? And my response back was, someone made 42 threes. I'll take... The 42 record by Grinnell with a little bit more a tip of the hat because for a team to hit that many shots, despite it coming against not as strong a program, isn't the end of the world. You still got to hit those shots. It's not one guy like Jack Taylor where they did, they kind of connived it so he could go after that scoring record or the current coach, David Arsenal Jr., kind of connived it to go get the assists record. To get the whole team to hit that many threes, and at a decent percentage, I think they only took 86 shots, so they shot above 50%, if memory serves, for that game as a team. That's that's pretty impressive. Um, no, maybe not against the toughest of opponents, but you got to get everybody on board to be able to pull that record off. And so that one at least deserves a tip of the hat, though the one six years ago is still one that, that rubs me the wrong way and, and will remain that way for some time to come. Um so, yeah, a lot of good basketball to be played tonight. Looking forward to seeing how it all plays out. Speaking of which, I wonder who Grinnell's even playing tonight. 
they're taking on Central. I have a feeling that game will not be as uh, as uh, um, be, it won't be as as as, as record producing as possible. Uh, Central, by the way, will have North will start their conference play next week against Nebraska Wesleyan. Remember, Nebraska Wesleyan um, pretty much held Grinnell at bay, one forty three ninety, and I think Grinnell paid, scored like the last fifteen points with all this all the. Uh, deep bench players for, for Nebraska Wesleyan in the game in the last couple of minutes. So Nebraska Wesleyan looking good. 4-0 start. And Carroll certainly gave him a battle. So did St. Norbert. But that's the thing about Nebraska Wesleyan that's scary. Remember, the game against Whitman last year was not a very high-scoring affair. Uh, that game was somewhat traditional in, in, in the lack of a better term. They defeated Whitman. Uh, I'm sorry, Whitman's game was the blowout, 139-7. It was... It was the, the game they had against Springfield that was 90 to 78. They had taken Platteville 79 78 before the Whitman game. So they have these two abilities to play. They can play that half court set, a little bit more slower paced, uh, traditional game, 79 78 against Platteville, but then they can go out against a team like Whitman, put the accelerator down, hit the gas and change gears, and put up 130 points just as easily, depending on the style. That's what's scary about Nebraska Wesleyan is some teams. You want to, if, if a particular style comes into play, you, you, you might have an advantage because they can't play that style. You hear it in a lot of times if a team is big and the opponent is small, the small team might go up pace because the big team may not like the style. By the way, that's what blew me away about Widener women's basketball. They were willing to go up tempo, which I think stymied Eastern Mennonite, uh, though apparently, um, well, certainly stymied Ferrum, who tried to do that a little bit too. But you know, with this Nebraska Wesleyan team, they'll go up tempo. They'll go half tempo. They'll do all kinds of things in between. And I think that's what makes them more dangerous is they're willing to play whatever style you want to play. They're also deep, real deep. Uh, I mean, the Oshkosh game in the quarterfinals, um, I'm sorry, in the uh, championship, 78-72 after putting up 90 points against Springfield the night before. That's what makes Illinois Wesleyan so dangerous uh, as a team. Makes Whitman to some degree pretty dangerous and they're both deeper than deep um i'm i'm fascinated to see where this goes this season uh in terms of those programs and some others on that note uh not much else i can say uh, i hope everyone has a good thanksgiving i'll have at least one meal maybe two we uh i have my in-laws to go to which we will do during the day we may get over to some friends of mine who i consider family later in the evening we'll see uh, there will be the traditional, the turkey and the stuff, uh, the stuffing and the potatoes and all that jazz. I'm a big fan of the potatoes and the stuff. Uh, I'm sorry, the uh, turkey with a little bit of gravy. I'm not a biggest fan of the, of the stuffing. I'm I'm a little particular about my stuffing. It's ah, a long story. Top 25s come out next week on Monday. I'll be revisiting my top 25 to be sure. Looks interesting to see how everybody plays everything out this week. We will be back on the air Sunday. This plan is to be back on the air Sunday. 7 o'clock Eastern time. Plan is to have Sam Atkinson in studio. I'll freely admit, I'm not sure if we're pre-taping that in studio or if he'll be live in studio. We still have to work that out with details. If you've got questions for Sam or myself, you're welcome to send those questions in ahead of time. at d uh, Hoopsle at d3hoops.com is the easiest way. You can also tweet them to us. Use our Twitter account at d3hoopsle. Or send them to us on Facebook, especially Facebook Messenger if you'd like. Bear with us if we don't get right back to your questions. Excuse me, as my cold is definitely getting the best of me now. Um, as it is Thanksgiving weekend, 
We're also busy. Uh, I have a, a basketball game to call on Saturday, and we're going to start prepping for soccer in a less than two weeks' time when we're, I'm going to be on the call for those games in Greensboro. So we'll be a little bit busy. Hopefully we'll get the software jinx uh, solved by the time Sunday rolls around as well. Maybe a little bit of more stripped-down show, but we'll figure it out. And plus some other guests as well. I really hope everybody has a wonderful Thanksgiving and enjoys the time with family, and if not with family, with friends who may be family. And enjoy some of the games out there. If you got some time, don't go shopping. Don't go crazy. Go uh, take some time and, um, and enjoy the holiday uh, and enjoy some games. If you can get to a game locally, go to it. Um, I'll be spending some time watching games online when not calling them and maybe putting up some Christmas lights. That's my plan. If you got any questions for us in the meantime, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville and hashtag Hoopsville. Email us hoopsville at D3Hoops.com and join us on Facebook at facebook.com slash hoops. I want to thank Kevin Bettencourt from Endicott, uh, Mike Schauer from Wheaton, and Mike Miller from Messiah for joining us. And, of course, the sports information directors as well at those locations, uh, including um, Matthew Fenton at Messiah, Brent Mar- Marcana at Wheaton, and, of course, uh, Endicott. I always want to thank Sean there for his help as well, especially with some confusion over timing and the fact that we delayed Sunday's show until today. Appreciate everybody being flexible. Also, thanks to Ryan Scott for coming on the show early on to set the tone as well. You've been listening to Hoops Hope, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. This uh, show is copyrighted to DMAC Production Day McHugh, and we hope you will cons- respect that uh, as well. If you have any uh, plans